What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Tuesday's episode of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill here. A great week in the CFL. A very shocking week in the RSEQ. And we are very excited because OUA football action is coming up. Wade, what's going on, dude? Oh, men's league started for me this last weekend. Lit it up. <laughs> I... Nah, it was fun to be back out running around on a field. It uh, feels like forever since I was able to do that. Uh, but we did get the dub, so uh, Pastime Motors, we are 1-0. and uh, We'll keep you guys updated on the Chronicles of Men's League. But before we get to the content for today, we just want to remind you guys that Soda City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeer.com to shop their wide variety of brews, and to learn more. This September, use our promo code CFL to get free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only, must be of legal drinking age. And the Canadian Football Perspective Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40, the worldwide leaders in whistle technology. For all of your whistle needs, visit fox40shop.com when you do Enter the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off of your order. Again, that is CFP15 at box40shop.com. Yep. Jumping into some news and notes now. We're going to go to Toronto. A little bit of uh, differences of opinions, if you want to call it that, in the front office. Coordinators Glenn Young and Josh Bell are choosing to leave the Argos for a little bit over differences in the mandated vaccination policy by MLSE, not by the CFL or the CFL, sorry, not by the CFL or the Argos themselves, but it was an MLSC policy. So it's looking like differences in opinions on the policy, according to TSN's Dave Naylor. So that means Rich Strubler is going to be calling the defensive plays for Toronto this week, according to Pinball himself. And reportedly, the Argos are bringing in Chris Jones, who has CFL experience as well. So, um, you know, a little bit of turbulence in Toronto right now, I guess. And you got to wonder how that's going to affect them going into the game against Saskatchewan this week. Saskatchewan, definitely not a team that you want to have some turmoil going into. I mean, we did see them drop two straight against Winnipeg, but they are going to be on fire this week coming back looking to rebound after the banjo bowl uh this is definitely some tough news to hear i mean the next step i guess would be to have players leaving the cfl i mean we've already seen it preseason with retirements but guys could seriously change their mind and say you know what we don't want to play anymore we're out and you'd have to redo your whole roster so uh, moving down the 401 dane evans out four to six weeks with a lower body injury. Jeremiah Masoli has not dressed the last couple games as well. So you have to wonder what the Hamilton Tiger Cats are going to do. Yeah, I like I really don't know what the hell to do if you're Coach O at this point right now with Hamilton. I mean, who is your quarterback at this point is what you got to figure out. Are they going to ride with Watford who came in and threw six of ten for 78 yards at the end of the game when Dane got hurt. I mean, and and how screwed now are the Hamilton Tiger Cats? Both of your quarterbacks are gone. And, I mean, we can move to a team that doesn't really have any quarterbacks. The Red Blacks. At least they signed a receiver. 
Kenny Stafford, we've been calling for them to sign somebody since training camps opened. They finally have done so, and now they have another weapon for Dom Davis, Matt Nichols. Do they go to the practice squad and bring someone up? What do the Red Blacks do? Man, I I don't know. It's a good signing for them, though. Kenny Stafford, we said this when it was announced he was a free agent that the Ottawa Red Blacks need to pick up the phone and give him a call. I saw a tweet. I don't know if you saw this, Wade, but I saw a tweet on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, you can't pay that kind of money for Matt Nichols to be a backup. I, well, I think they're going to have to. I think they're absolutely going to have to. Like Matt Nichols' best game was a 23 completion, 206-yard outing with no touchdowns and an interception. Dom Davis, thus far, has thrown for 291 yards, 333 yards, four touchdowns on the season, and he's got a rushing touchdown as well. So, like, in my mind, regardless of what you're paying Matt Nichols right now, he is not providing the outcome of which you thought you were going to get from him, paying him that much. Right now, you can't pull Dom Davis, in my opinion. Well, I mean, when Dom Davis played against Montreal, the Red Blacks scored, what, three touchdowns? They'd scored how many? One on offense up to that point in the season? There's your answer right there. Take everything else out. Your offense scores when Dom Davis is at the helm. you got to score to win games. Unfortunately for the Red Blacks, you have to score at some point. So, let's talk about the CFL this week, though. I mean... Ottawa got to play BC off a of bye week, and Michael Riley came out and tossed four touchdowns around the yard. Great showing by the BC Lions. Brian Burnham, you guys know he's that dude. This is not surprising that he scores multiple touchdowns in a game. What about Lucky Whitehead, though, man? With the field goal, the missed field goal, returned to the house for a touchdown. Talk about Brian Burnham all you want, and you know there's lots there to talk about with Brian Burnham because he is absolutely one of the best receivers in the league. But this lucky whitehead pickup for the BC Lions is turning out to be a home run so far through the first few games of the season. Yeah, lucky whitehead just brings so much. I mean, we talk about special teams being such a big factor. And when you flip a field like that, even if he didn't score, if he gets to half, your offense has such good field position. And now you're talking 119-yard return touchdowns. Your defense might not uh, be too happy about having their break cut short, but they're never going to complain about having extra points put up on the board. No, because when you do extend those leads, and you know maybe now it's a 14, 15, 21-point game, it gives your defense a little bit of security. You can go out and play a little looser, a little faster. You can blitz a little bit more, take a little bit more defensive risks. So you know, as much as they hate the short break, they love the outcome of getting points because it makes their job a little bit easier as well. And uh, Ottawa once again struggled. Napar, though, five receptions, 61 yards. Just Man, keeps Take your along. bow. He's looking good again. Just keeps ticking along in the slot. I've tried to tell you guys before the season. Uh, Battle of Ed- Alberta, though, they split. They did. This is what we expected from Calgary last week. But this time it was because of the return of Bo Levi Mitchell. I was going to say, we expected this last week with Jake Meyer, but now we have Bo Levi Mitchell at the helm. And, you know, what? how How else would you expect that guy to make his return than with a statement win in Edmonton for his Calgary Stampeders, who, 
you know, I, up to this point, didn't look great, and they needed a win, and he delivered it when they needed it most. But Edmonton, flip side of that coin, like for me with Edmonton, how do you go from, you know, looking so good on Labor Day? Trevor with, Harris has his best no game practice. of the season. With no practice, you're right. And Trevor Harris has his best game of the season, 404 touchdowns. And then you you turn around, you're at home, you want to give your fans their first home win of the season. And, you know, frankly, you go out and you just kind of stink it up. They were ha- they had fresh legs. That's what uh, we can falsely attribute this to is the Man. legs were fresh because they didn't have to practice yeah. when they came out. <laughs> no, I, I have no idea. That. And I they mean, got Aaron Grimes back too. Edmonton Edmonton's a really weird spot. Uh, they're going to have to really pick up their socks at like Calgary too. They've just lost so many close games, but... Both of these teams are going to be struggling down the down the stretch, and BC looks like they could possibly be that third team in the West. If they keep playing the way they're playing, yeah, they could be because, you know, BC, man, say what you will about that offense, and it, it's a lot of fun to watch. They're playing great football, but their defense is electric. They are forcing one of the highest interception rates in the league right now. Jordan Williams looked like, Jordan Williams looks like he's going to be a candidate for Rookie of the Year right now. I I love watching this orange-black team play right now. There are two other teams, though, in the Western Conference, and I will take my victory lap because I survived the two weeks. Winnipeg, two times in a row, they take down the green and white Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I hate to say I told you so, but last week I said I love to with a little bit of caution this week, I'm just going to come out and say, I told you so back to back. I mean, the fights didn't help. Andrew Harris should have been injected in my opinion. I mean, taking off a helmet, swinging at a guy, that's just an auto foul. Get, get out of here, get off the field. Other guys though, were ejected. We talked to Marshall who was at the CFL front office and spent a lot of time looking at the footage from that game. Yeah. A lot uh, of time. Hopefully the, something like that doesn't happen again because I mean, when you're trying to promote the game and grow the game, stuff like that just seems to take away from it or give it kind of a bad rep. So uh, hopefully that was a one-off, but lots of guys uh, involved. But either way, Winnipeg comes out on top. They do. Can they we do. can we start two QBs in fantasy? Because, I mean, three rushing touchdowns from uh, McGuire. Dude. That's I don't a know lot of I fantasy don't... points. He got, like, what, three yards with three touchdowns? Like I'll take that. Yeah, 21 points. <laughs> <laughs> I will take that, man. But, yeah, no, shout out to you, props to you for, you know, sticking true with your Winnipeg Bombers take. I rode that bus this week, and I was rewarded in Connor's cover. They covered in a big way for me. Thank you, Winnipeg. Uh, man, they look good. I don't know what else to say. Toronto exacting their revenge after the Labor Day Classic matchup with Hamilton where they got absolutely dominated Turn it around, close game, 17-16, because uh, unfortunately, Mike DeMagla missed an extra point to tie the game. Sometimes you miss him, sometimes you make him. But guess what? He still makes more than J.J. Molson ever does. That's a must-make, though. That is a must-make extra point. That, that's tough to miss, but I mean... Lewis Ward with Ottawa missed as well, and how many yeah. times you see him miss a field goal? So I'm not hitting the panic button on Mike uh, Iron Mike yet from Carlson, but uh, definitely tough to see when he's getting his first real shot at kicking to 
to come out. He's had a couple good games and then this unfortunate late miss. I mean, bar out, kind of tough. Yeah, that is a tough one. It was a good game. We'll see what happens with these Hamilton Tiger Cats now without Jeremiah Masoli, without Dane Evans now. So interesting situation as Toronto sits atop the East in the standings. Hamilton in third. They're going to need to make a push, but they're going to need a quarterback to do so. Will remain to be seen who that is. That is the week that was, but let's talk about the week that is going to be and starting off the week is the CFP Power Rankings. Yeah, none of this Saskatchewan 5th BS here. We got Winnipeg 1, Sask 2, the Argos, the Lions, a tie for 5th with Hamilton and Montreal, the Elks in 7th, the Stamps in 8th, and the lowly Red Blacks coming in at ninth place. They haven't seen much movement since they took down the Elks, but uh, everyone's on board at the top now. Some debate with uh, the fourth spot, which is why BC ended up sneaking above because everyone had them fifth or above. Uh, but they got lots of votes, and uh, hopefully this we see a bit more movement. I like it when the power rankings move around because means teams aren't just dominating and we're getting competitive games each and every week. I will say I was trying to kick up a little bit of dust. I was the only person to not vote Saskatchewan for the two spot this week. Well, I mean, I had Toronto lost, at the two spot. They've lost to Winnipeg. That's it. So, really, if we're looking at power rankings, you're beaten by the best, and you've beaten everyone else. But here's my thing with that, if I may, since I did bring it up. Here's my thing with with going with Toronto this week, right? So, Toronto is the top of their division. They're both three and two, but Toronto's the first place seed in the East. Saskatchewan is three and two as well. They're the second in the West, but they beat a BC Lions team who looked very discombobulated to start this season. They beat a banged up Hamilton Tiger Cats team in their second game of the season. They dominated Ottawa, which everybody does. And then you lose to the Bombers twice, and you lose bad to the Bombers twice, whereas... My thing with that is, okay, Toronto lost bad to the Bombers once. They turned it around. Yes, it was a back-to-back, and it's hard to beat a team on a back-to-back, but they turned around and had a damn good game against the Bombers at home. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, they've avenged both their losses, yeah, right? Yeah, like, so... So you, you see it, but to me, like, are we really... We'll, we'll sort it out this week. Yeah, I we guess will. You, you're on the hot spot because if we'll the, see. the Rough Riders come... And if they do, they do. Win, I'll, I'll but... take that. But, you know, for for me for this week, I, I don't know. I, I like what I've been seeing from Toronto as of late. And we'll, I guess we'll see how this kind of internal turmoil is going to affect the situation. But they've been, they've been moving the ball really well on the ground. They've been missing a few very good playmakers at wideout for them as well. I mean, uh. I mean, like, Ricky Collins has missed some time. Joan Breskison has been out. So, and they, they've done what they can with still a pretty good set of wide receivers. I mean, Devarius Daniels has been playing well. And, you know, if one doesn't go off Dejan Brissett's shin, that's not an interception for Arbuckle. So, we'll see. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I, I like I like Toronto in the two spot. I do. I just had to make my case. 
let's uh let's take a break here to talk about our sponsors again we know that sawdust city offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door but did you know that if you use the code cfl for the month of september you too can get 100 percent off your shipping for any order over 100 dollars shipping is available to ontario residents only must be a legal drinking agent and you can be heard on the field with the Fox 40 Sonic Blast CMG with 120 decibels of sound power. The Sonic Blast can be heard even over the loudest crowds. Shop now at fox40shop.com and use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off. So let's dive into U Sports football. What we finally went down? have it back. Dude, what is going oh, on? No. Quebec. Quebec. Quebec, the messed up, the unusual, put it into the twilight zone, you might as well say, because both Montreal and Laval lost. Two of the biggest powerhouses, not only in the queue, but two of the biggest powerhouses in all of U Sports football go down in the same weekend. And for what feels like the first time in forever, both of them are down Concordia took down Montreal 31-28 while Sherbrooke, a 20-point second quarter, made the difference as they beat Laval 23-17. So as we head into the big matchup of Montreal-Laval, one of these two teams is going to have to lose back-to-back games. Is it? I don't think I've been alive for the last time that happened. And, oh man, I, wow. One of these teams is going to start the season as a 1-2 and two team. I don't think anyone had that on their bingo card for this year. No, no. These are two powerhouses. Like I said, these are powerhouses in U Sports football across the entirety of all university football in Canada. These teams are notorious for winning, and now one of them might start one and two. Like I, I can't wrap my head around it. So listen to this. <sighs> this is the first time ever Sherbrooke has beaten Laval. Ever. This is the... Uh, the first time in 10 years that Concordia has beaten the Carabae. And the last time Laval lost to anyone other than U to M, it was 2003. I might go as far as to say that this is the first weekend ever where Laval and Montreal have both suffered losses within 24 hours of each other. I mean, certainly in my lifetime. I maybe, have not maybe seen some it. of them back in the seventies, but man, but wow, just wow. Let's catch you up on some of the stuff that happened though. In the Concordia Montreal game, Oliver Wa, twenty-seven of thirty-five, three twenty-three and four touchdowns. So much for Adam Vance for heck. Uh, are we preemptively <laughs> hyping up the new Concordia quarterback? I think we'll keep an eye on him. I don't think I'll hype him up for a heck just yet. I mean. Adam Macker is still out in the in the Can West trade board is I there know. in the OUA. We'll see, we'll see. But I mean, undeniable what he did against Montreal. Over three hundred yards, four touchdowns, he had forty two rushing yards on the ground. Everything that the Laval defense threw at this kid, he was calm, he read it, and he threw four touchdowns. Like Concordia's offense really impressed me in this game especially when you think of and consider just you know Montreal has been known for their dominance on the field yes but 
They've made a living off of their defensive play for the last 10 years. And I mean, Hassan Doso, your new guy, certainly was contributing. I mean, he scored a touchdown for the Carabae. Yeah. But it just was not enough without that offensive production. No, no, it was not. And, you know, every everything that Montreal did well, Concordia was able to match them stride for stride. And when it came down to it, they played better when they had to. And one guy I want to highlight because he's been on a few of our watch lists, we've talked about him a little bit, is Kadeem Pierre, the DB from Concordia. He had seven tackles. He led the Stingers in tackles. And he was by far their best player on the back end of their defense. He played multiple roles, shut down almost everything that came his way. They did still have a receiver over 100 yards. But, you know, when you win the game and when you win a game against a team like Montreal, you don't really care who – you don't really care about the one player that was over 100 yards that day. Well, let's talk about the more surprising Laval. The Rouge Or seemingly discombobulated early this year. I mean, we saw the uncharacteristically high penalties. We saw a close game, which you don't usually see from McGill against Laval. And now we come out and Bull Duke, the starting quarterback for Laval. Yes, he threw for 366, but he had no touchdowns and threw three interceptions. What is this Glenn Constantine team looking like? I mean, after having the best facilities available to them, and let's face it, not the tightest restrictions, I expected Laval to be head and shoulders above everyone else in this conference, and they're coming out more disjointed and disorganized and undisciplined than I can remember them ever being. This does not look like the Laval team that we're used to seeing. And, you know, yes, like you said, yes, Paul Duke threw for 366 yards, and you see that and you go, wow, he threw for a ton of yards, but three interceptions and three, you know, to be frank, reckless interceptions from Bull Duke in the Laval Rouge AR. I mean, I don't want to harp on, you know, a, a young quarterback too, too much in this situation. But, man, this is Laval, and you're right. Like, we expected this team to be prepared and be disciplined and have and have diligent offensive scheming and plays and you know, this is just not what we expected. But again, hats off to Sherbrooke, a 20-point second quarter. And the Sherbrooke quarterback had a great game, 236 pass yards, and he added a rushing touchdown on the ground. And, you know, I texted you this, Wade, over the weekend. The thing that I really liked about Sherbrooke's quarterback in the game was, you know, not necessarily when it, like, was his mobility. And when I say his mobility, I don't necessarily mean – his ability to, you know, run all all over the field, but more so his lateral ability and the way he was able to kind of go through his reads and dance in the pocket, shift up when he had to, and really step into his throws. And he had a good game against a traditionally tough defense and a program that's been known for winning. So Laval goes toe-to-toe with McGill, almost loses to McGill, and now they drop one early to Sherbrooke. What is happening? What can we expect? Like, because I, I certainly did not think I would see Laval ever drop one to Sherbrooke at the start of a season. Uh, I, I, I just don't understand how this league. You know what? It's great for the league, though. Yeah. Because you're getting the powers stumble, and you're getting the lower teams a chance to rise up. 
But hopefully one of them can write this ship because we both had them as our picks to move on. Yeah. We definitely want to be right on those. With that though, I mean with with our with some RSEQ action, I mean does this make McGill an even more intriguing team to watch in your eyes or I don't know if it makes McGill a team to watch, but I'm more interested in RSEQ in general now that we don't have two clear-cut favorites. Some other news around U Sports though. Bishops went up to Carlton to play a scrimmage. Tanner DeYoung, 7 of 8, two touchdowns, no big deal. Then uh, we had some AUS action as well. St. Mary's toppled Mount A 26-6, and Acadia lost to St. FX 23-14. So those guys are looking to kick up their conferences in the next week or so. Out west, we had some more exhibition action. Regina and Alberta played at neutral field. Regina, though, 34-25 win over the Golden Bears. That's all for the preseason, I believe. So we are hell-bent on a season. We are going full bore into it. Let's get going. And, I mean, if you're going to be watching OUA football, we mentioned we had some big news a couple weeks ago. It's time to come true with the truth. The news is here. The news is out. We are Ill- We are allowed to finally talk about it. And this season for the 2021 OUA football season, all Canadian and Canadian football perspective are officially going to be partnering with the OUA to bring you content and coverage for the 2021 OUA football season. Yes, that is right. Yours truly. You will have to see our faces on social media. I know you don't want to look at us that more, not much. That's why you just yeah. hear our voices. Sorry, guys. But we are the faces of OUA football. Thursdays, we'll tee up the games. Sundays, we'll recap them. Maybe Marsh joins us every couple weeks. And then on Tuesdays, we're going to kick off the show. After news and notes, right into it. OUA Players of the Week. Exclusive launch here on All Canadian we are going to bring that to you guys right away. There will be a formal announcement on the OUA Sport social media channels at 9 a.m. or sometime in the morning when we get that out to you. But we're excited. I mean, yes, you guys know we want to be doing our tours of the stadiums if COVID restrictions and tickets allow us to. We're going to try and get out to there. But in the meantime, if you can't catch us at games, you'll catch us all over the OUA social media channels. We are here for it yep yeah we are super excited to be doing this to be partnering with the OUA to be bringing you content and coverage of everything going around the OUA for the football season I'm excited OUA football kicks off this weekend games are going to be played my alma mater the U Ottawa GGs are going to be taking on Wade's alma mater the Toronto Varsity Blues in Toronto. So I'm sure we're going to have our eyes on that as well as every other OUA game this weekend because we are super excited that after almost nearly two years, OUA football is finally back in our lives. Yeah, and Connor kind of spoiled one of the games. But if you want to check out what's coming up around the province outside of that, wait and check out our Thursday preview. Our first one's going to be coming out this week. But uh, if you don't get out to the games live, OUA TV is here. They are 
It's a free service where all OUA football games will be streamed live and on demand in case you're busy at the 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock, 7 o'clock window whenever your favorite team is playing. And for all your stats, standings, scores, and more, make sure to check out OUA.ca. Go into the sports section, find football. It'll all be there for you in the directory. But I believe that's all. For Connor and I, at CF Perspective, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill. For the OUA, follow at OUA Sport. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well with CF Perspective because that's where you're going to be finding those Sunday recaps. But we're excited. We're here. The OUA show is what it's going to be called on Sundays. So make sure to tune in for that. We're going to aim for around 10 a.m. every week unless there's some hiccups or some scheduling mismatches, but we will let you guys know either way. What a time to be around Canadian football. It's back, full force, full go, and we're here for every single second of it at Canadian Football Perspective. And we're not done this week. We will catch you guys on Thursday, of course, bringing you Connor's covers. Wade's going to take you shopping at Value Village. We will have some U Sports and some OUA football previews for you as well. That does it for us on this Tuesday. We'll catch you on Thursday.